Welcome to an audio stream from San Marino Community Church, featuring sermons drawn from our pastoral staff and various guest preachers. Friends, we are continuing in our sermon series where we are considering how we can bring God with us every single day, no matter where we are, no matter where we go, no matter what's happening in our lives. God is not far away from us. But sometimes when we hit unique circumstances, when something comes and it disrupts our pattern or our routine, we can wonder if God has abandoned us or is somehow far away from us. It doesn't matter if it's the death of a loved one, if it's a diagnosis, or if it's just a a normal change of life, our children getting older, us getting older, summer schedules changing. Sometimes we can feel like God is nowhere near. And yet, God is never far. And so over the last several weeks, we have been looking at several internal commitments that we can remind ourselves of when we are wanting to feel that connection with God again. In the last couple of weeks, last week starting with humility, this week we're talking about service, we're talking about external choices we can make to align ourselves with what we know to be true about the Holy Spirit, that God is always with us that God is always calling to us, that God always loves us, and so we are called to respond in kind. Today we are looking at a passage that is familiar and often read in the church. If you're not that familiar with the Bible, that's fine. But this is coming sort of halfway into a story. Jesus has had dinner, it's one of his last dinners with his friends, the disciples. And as they have sat down for dinner, Jesus has chosen to wash each of his friend's feet, which was met with mixed reviews. Some people didn't like that so much. Some people were startled by it and didn't say anything. Some people refused it, but then eventually acquiesced. Now, when we start reading our scripture for today, Jesus is explaining why he has done what he has done. And so this is John 13, verses 12 through 17. After Jesus had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to the disciples, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you were right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example, so that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. 
God, we ask that your truth will permeate our hearts and that our hearts will be transformed by your presence. We pray that we will be people who go into the world responding to your truth with every choice and every thought. We pray that the good news that we hear today will be shared freely through our voices, our hands, and our movement to the world that desperately needs to hear that there is something good to believe in. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Service is not just an act, it's an attitude. I think that sometimes when we consider people in the world who have dedicated their lives to acts of service, we tend to first imagine people like Mother Teresa who served the dying poor in rural India. Or maybe we think of someone like Paul Farmer who co-founded Partners in Health, which is an organization that provides healthcare to the poorest areas of the developing world. Or maybe we even think of someone like Dorothy Stang, who spent her life helping the rural poor in Brazil make a living until she was murdered in 2005. When we think of what it looks like for a person to dedicate their life to service, we tend to think of the people who have been nearly superhuman in their efforts whose work in the world will not just be recognized for generations to come, but will be celebrated as worthwhile history. But you know, I bet that you and I know a lot more people who excel at service than we often recognize. For instance, I think of my grandmother, who was a farmer's wife without any advanced education, who deliberately chose to work in the local school on top of all of her commitments at the farm, serving meals to the kids so that she could raise enough money to make sure that her four children would be the first generation in their family to go to college. Or I think of my own mother, who worked full-time as a public school teacher, but who still chose to cook breakfast for us every morning to pack my lunch every day, even when I was old enough to pack it myself, and to return home after a full day of work to cook a meal for the family. Or I think about our own Bong Bringas, who has this uncanny knack for showing up at just the right time with just what you needed without ever knowing that you needed it. Our imaginations can sometimes limit our idea of service to something grand and historically notable, when in reality, it's often the quiet, unacknowledged acts of service given unassumingly every day that has the power to shape our lives the most. Now, regardless of whether someone has spent their life making headlines or repairing hemlines, every person who gives a life of service seems to have at least one thing in common. They engage service as an attitude, not as an individual act. For them, service is not motivated by 
one compelling moment. It's not initiated by seeing one compelling need. These people don't serve others just when they feel like serving others. Rather, for them, service is connected to their purpose as people. For those who are Christians, service becomes an outflow of the conviction we have that God was speaking intentionally when God told Cain that he was indeed his brother's keeper. And as Christians, we believe that the parable of the Good Samaritan is poignant because it wasn't the nationality or the religiosity of the people who were present when the man was suffering on the grounds. It wasn't religiosity that was the most important thing to God. The most important thing was a heart that was willing to put another person's needs ahead of their own. In scripture, as in the world we know, True service is not just an act, it's an attitude. And it's this attitude that Jesus is trying to example for his disciples in our scripture passage for today. When we join Jesus and the disciples this morning, we hear Jesus offering a rare explanation for his actions. Very rarely does he tell his disciples why he's doing what he's doing. So after Jesus and his friends are gathered for that Passover meal, Jesus gets up from the table, he removes his robe, he ties a towel around himself, he pours water in a basin, and one by one, he washes his friends' feet with that towel. This is because washing feet was a really important custom in Jesus' time. It's most likely that Jesus and the disciples, like the majority of the people in that ancient era, were not sitting on chairs as we would do today with their feet safely tucked under a dining table, flat in the ground, in nice leather shoes, out of the way. In ancient times, when people met for a meal, particularly a celebratory meal like the Passover, they would lounge around a low table on cushions for hours, leaning against one another, taking their time, shifting around to get comfortable, which means that it wasn't unlikely that one person's feet might be near another person's hands or face or food. Feet that had walked all day in the dust through animal excrement in the hot sun of the desert, sweaty and blistered from carrying the day's burden in open-toed sandals. Mm. Author Robert Foster illustrates this story this way. He says, gathered for the Passover feast, the disciples were keenly aware that someone needed to wash the other people's feet. The problem was, that the only people who washed feet were the least servants, the lowest of the low. And so there the disciples sat, feet caked with dirt and so much more. It was such a sore point that they did not even talk about it. They were already at the table. No one wanted to be considered the least within his group of friends. And then Jesus took a towel and a basin and redefined what it meant to be the greatest. 
Most of us know that we will never be the greatest, says Foster. Just don't let us be the least. Jesus, whom we believe to be the greatest person in all of humanity, Jesus had nothing to prove. He could have dictated that someone else in the room wash everybody's feet and they would have done it, but he didn't choose to do that. He didn't need to jockey for position or pull rank because Jesus knew his position with God and Jesus knew that nothing that he did that was humiliating in the eyes of humanity would change how God saw him or how God felt about him. Jesus knew it was quite the contrary. It wasn't washing other people's feet that determined his status and his worth. In fact, it wasn't how other people saw him at all. For Jesus, his worth was determined by the God who saw him and loved him. His worth was determined by the God who saw him as a beloved child. And my friends, God sees us as worthy, beloved children as well. I don't know how many of you have ever caught your children doing something kind for somebody else, particularly when they didn't think that anybody was watching them. I know that when I see my kids help up a kid from the ground while they're playing a soccer game or when they go looking for their dad to see how they can help in the garden or when they bring the dinner plates to the kitchen without anyone having to ask them, it makes my heart sore. I love seeing their kindness. I love seeing their gentleness and their servant's heart. And they know that those actions make us proud too. Just as Jesus knew that serving others makes God's heart sore. Too often, we can fool ourselves into thinking that serving other people is somehow beneath us in certain circumstances that picking someone up, cleaning someone off, or doing something that someone else can clearly do for themselves will somehow change us or make people think less of us. But my friends, we're wrong. Our worth is not determined by other people. Our worth is only determined by God. And when God sees us live, with the attitude to serve, it makes God's heart soar. Now, if we're looking for examples of people who live with this attitude of service, then we have found ourselves in the right place this morning. This congregation has dozens of people who serve quietly without the expectation of being recognized, often without a word. There's people like Leanne Chua, who leads our prayer ministry, or Kathleen Pastor, who often delivers flowers with her daughters. There's people like Samuel Chia, who leads our table tennis group every single Saturday, or Robert Louie, who has given countless hours to leading our personnel committee. There's people like Bill Parrott or Jeff Reamers who not only lead our ushers and organize them every week, but who are currently doing that exciting work of going through the usher's manual to decide that we are welcoming everybody as properly and as fully as we can. 
There's people like Cindy Jenkins, who has sat as a member on the worship committee for at least two decades. Or Gary Roberts, who is going above and beyond and dedicating time and energy to the stewardship campaign this year. My friends, there are two things that all of these people have in common. One is that they see service as an attitude and not an act. And the other thing is that they are probably embarrassed or annoyed that I have mentioned their name in the sermon today. Because these few, like so many others in this church who I didn't have time to mention, do what they do without expectation of acknowledgement or some sort of reward. Because for each of these people and so many more, service is not just an act, it's an attitude. Friends, There are so many in our lives who serve the world and who serve one another quietly, unassumingly. But I have to say, this world needs so many more. Service doesn't have to be something that puts you in the history books. Service doesn't have to be something that gets you a headline in the newspaper. If we're listening to Jesus and to God, then we'd have to admit that if we do land ourselves in history books and newspapers, we might be missing the point. Service is about seeing the need. And without being asked, without questioning, without wondering if it's beneath us, we do what we see needs to be done. Service is an attitude, not just an act. And so this week and in the weeks to come, how are we going to be the kind of people that make God's heart soar? Amen. You have been listening to a production of San Marino Community Church. Find our worship services on YouTube or subscribe to our podcast on Spotify.